Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is January 18th, 2023. We continue our Words for Life series, and our word for today is Testified. So, have you experienced the work of Jesus firsthand? Are you a living testimony to the work of God? Those who have seen Jesus at work in their lives will testify to what they have seen. And that is our word for they testify. A quick definition of testify, it means to share and make known to others. So when we talk about testifying, we're talking about sharing and making known to others. And this brings up the idea of sharing your faith. You know, sharing your faith can be a very scary or even tricky proposition for people. Um, many believers, they don't know what to say, don't know what to do. They feel like they're not good enough to go out and do that. Um, there are many, many arguments that people present on why they should not share their faith. But I want us to know, get into this, that God will never ask us to do something that he's not already equipped us to do. He's given us everything we need. And oftentimes we allow the excuses, those arguments, those fears to dictate whether we're going to step out and do those things. And so today, we're going to ask the Lord to help tap in to the boldness and power of His Spirit to help move us to action, to help us learn what it means to testify. I'm going to challenge you to help to believe God's power. God's power is real. Is that work? And so the question for us today is, do you believe? Do you believe the power is real, that God is ready to work in you? We will open up, We, as always, with the series Words for Life. We will have four scripture passages, one from the Old Testament, one from the Psalms, one from a gospel, and then one from one of the New Testament letters. So we will open up with Isaiah chapter 49. Verses 1 through 7. It says, Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. And he made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. And he said to me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, 
I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel is gathered to him. For I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord and my God shall be my strength. Indeed, he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you shall be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, the Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nations abhor, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you. Wow, did you feel that? Did you sense that in the last words? He has chosen you. God has chosen you. He's chosen me. He's chosen us. We didn't choose him. He he first chose us. And here in this passage, it's almost like a prophetic conversation. Uh, Yes, from a historical context and things, there's a lot of uh, prophetic prophecies about the Messiah and the call of the Messiah. But prophetically speaking, this is also speaking to you and I. He has called us. And Isaiah here, with the Lord talking to Isaiah, um, Isaiah is feeling a little worthless, not feeling very worthy. He feels like he's labored in vain, that he doesn't have any strength. And I think... Have I been in that position? Well, of course I have. How about you? Have you felt like everything I've done has been worthless? It's been in vain. I've done this, but it has profited nothing. It's been worthless. And here, God is is, is speaking to Isaiah. And he's reminding him that he chose him, that he called him from the womb. Like the, the matrix of my mother from the very womb is that matrix. This is where God made him. And he says, he made my mouth like a sharp sword. What does that mean? A sharp sword. It means that when you speak, it cuts through things. It's a weapon in the Lord's hand. And when he says he's a polished shaft in his quiver, he's hidden me. That's, I know we don't exactly use that type of language today, at least not in a, non-vulgar way, but the polished shaft is, he's talking about an arrow. You put arrows in quivers and he's making, he's making him a useful instrument for him. And there's, there's, again, I don't want to do the verse for verse through this, but there's so much encouragement that the Lord is giving him, that he's given him this purpose. He's, he's equipped him to do the mission that he is going to do. And even, even prophetically, when it, it gives her little reference po- prophecies about the coming Messiah being a light to the Gentiles and salvation to the earth. Um, yes, that's messianic, but you know what? The Messiah lives in you and I as believers. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Messiah lives in us. And he is doing a work 
in this world today. And he's wanting our mouths to speak forth. He's wanting our lies to live forth. He's chosen us to carry forth his message. Now, I don't understand. I know from a, you can study in the, theolo- in the theological concepts and you can really get into all this on why God did this. But there also comes a point when you just have to sit back and go, I don't know why God decided to do it this way. I don't know. It's beyond my comprehension. To be honest, it's most likely beyond any human's comprehension of why he has chosen to do the things that he is, is doing. But he has chosen to take weak, infallible, not infallible, but fallible, very imperfect. We are capable of messing up at any given second. He's chosen to take us, to put his spirit inside us, and then use us to do things that we can't do. But yet he's going to be glorified because he's going to equip us and enable us to do things that, yes, is impossible for us. But because of him, because of who he is, these things will be accomplished. Psalm 40, let's read Psalm 40, verses 1 through 11. This is a Psalm of David. It says, I wait patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes his the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wondrous works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, there are more that can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you do not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your laws within my heart. I proclaim the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. And again, it's the Psalm of David, and it's a great example of many of the attributes of God. I mean, in a sense, David is, is singing forth. He's singing about what he has received from the Lord. That he was in places of despair and the Lord brought him out. I think there's a couple of songs that we sing. I'm not going to mention the titles, but you might know them. He's pulled me out of the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. You know this, you can hear that David is moved by the work that God has done for him, in him and through him. And he just, not only is he recounting these works, but so much of the Lord's character, his attributes, the, the, the faithfulness, the righteousness of, of the Lord, his, his mercy, his loving kindness. 
is all there and how he has saved David and how he's delivered to David. And one of the things you see David speaking at the end is that he's not going to hide this great thing the Lord has done in his life. He's not going to hide it because to do so would be a betrayal. David feels that it would be he would be betraying the Lord if he hid what God had done in his life, that he saved him, that he pulled him out of this dark place. To deny him would be such a lie. And so David confesses from his heart that he's not going to hide that. Now let's continue with this in the first Corinthians chapter one, verses one through nine. <clears throat> it says Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, and to all in every place, call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now this one can seem a little bit more tricky, but you know, Paul, he's, he's really trying to encourage us, the readers, the saints. He says it's, it's to the churches, to those who are, who are called, who are saints, sanctified in Jesus. We are believers. He's speaking to us, and he wants to fill us with courage. Everything that he's saying here is to encourage us. To what? Share our testimony. That we would be a witness in the testimony about Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not just about words. Because he, he talks about what? The power, the blessings of God. The way hope is given out. When you, when you sit back and you look at it, he even says that we were enriched in everything by him in all, what? Utterance. And in all knowledge. You know, what's an utterance? Well, it's, 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 it's speech. We were enriched. We were blessed by someone's speech. What was their speech of? Well, it was the speech of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the testimony. It was what God is doing. When Paul went to Corinth and he took the gospel and he spoke of the Lord, it enriched them. His utterances, his words didn't just give them knowledge, but it was a blessing to them. And then he even goes on to says that the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. This testimony, and there's that word testimony again, to testify is what? It's to share with others what has happened. And so it's, it's to share with others what God, what Jesus Christ has done. And that is certainly confirmed in you and I. Why? So that no gift, there's no gift of God that's going to be shorted 
in us because we have received what we hear about the Lord. And, and it makes us eager. You know, we, we eagerly await the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's, he's coming back and we eagerly wait for that. But he says, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless. Well, how's he going to confirm me blameless in the end? It's because the power of God is coming upon us and he's transforming us. Gets into a theological word called sanctification. And it's a big word. Most of us don't use it in everyday conversations. You know, we don't walk around going, "Oh, I'm in the, I'm being sanctified today." <laughs> you know, we we don't do that. And it's a complicated theological term because the minute you believe in the Lord, you are sanctified. In other words, you're made holy. You're, you're you're perfect. And yet, we know we're walking through day to day, and we're not perfect people. You know, we we struggle. Some of us fall into sin, and and we go, "Well, how can that be?" sanctified how can that be holy well you were saved the day you received him but we're in a process you and i are in a process right now that's why discipleship is so important for you you're in a process we are being made perfect we're being made holy yes i'll make mistakes but god is working on me he's helping me overcome my flesh he's teaching me how i should walk in the heavenlies that's what we're doing right now. It, it is a process. He's he's teaching. And then there was the day, the promise of God, that when we stand before him, we will be as perfect as our spirits were the day that we confessed and he forgave us our sins. We're going to be that because he is going to make it that way. And this gives up this thing about what? You want to share this information. You want to pass this along to other people. Now let's look at our last scripture passage, the book of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he, this is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remain on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon's brother. And he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So much in that passage. But I want to start off with John the Baptist. He is the one that testifies, made testimony of Jesus, that he is the Lamb of God, that he was the Son of God. But it says something interesting there, something that 
we don't always think about. There's a popular show on right now called The Chosen. I recommend it. It's, it's a it's just a, a series about the life of Jesus. It's not a we're going to take the Bible and make scripture out of it. It's just a, a, a TV series. Um, it, it's biblical, but it also takes liberties because it's entertainment. And when you look at all movies made about Jesus, most of them are that way. Uh, I think the Jesus film uh, made by Campus Crusade for Christ is trying to be extremely accurate to the scriptures and not put anything that wasn't in the scriptures in their movie. Um, I, I can say this much. The scriptures, I don't think they make as good as a movie as they do just reading them and allowing the Lord to use your, your mind to, to see and imagine what's happening. Um, but I, I digress. I, I'm going off a little bit, but I'm not because I want to talk about John the Baptist because in many of these shows, they John the Baptist is he's Jesus's cousin. And like in, in the new recent one, he's always known that Jesus is the one. But the scriptural context, notice that it says that when John is... When the John the Baptist is talking about Jesus, that in verse 33 says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending. You see, I think John was a man like you and I. Matter of fact, all prophets are people just like you and me. And there's often times we go around and we don't know anything the Lord is doing. We don't know. We just don't know. We're doing what we're called to do. I'm in ministry. I move with prophetic gifts. I've seen God do crazy things, but I, I don't have the knowledge and mind of God. I I want to have the mind of Christ. I seek the mind of Christ. I believe God has empowered me with the mind of Christ, but it doesn't mean I know all things that Christ knows. That's That's not what that means. We're not all knowing just because God has called us or God anoints us or God fills us. That doesn't make us all knowing. The all knowing God is in us and he is available to us, but that doesn't mean we know everything. So here's the prophet, John the Baptist, who Jesus later said was the greatest of all prophets. And I think, I think he understood things about Jesus. Obviously, he probably heard the stories. I mean, he was baptized by the Spirit in the womb when Jesus was in the womb. Um, I can give a pro-life message out of that. But that doesn't mean he he knows everything. It's one thing to go, man, this man is really anointed and everything. But it's a different thing to know this is the Son of God. It is a totally different thing. Why is that? Because you can only know the Son of God if it's been revealed by the Spirit of God. That's how this works. If, if When you hear the gospel message and you go, oh, this is true, it's because the Spirit has opened your mind. You know, God wants us to speak the message, but it's His Spirit that is enabling people to, to hear and to receive. And, he, and here, John says, he says, I bore witness. I didn't know, but I heard God speak to me and said, oh, you'll know when you see the Spirit. And John testifies what? That he saw the Spirit land upon Jesus. He saw the Spirit do this. That's why John the Baptist was saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Why? Because God spoke to him and then he saw this happen. And now he's testifying to both what he heard God tell him and he saw God perform. Now, we know for a fact John the Baptist 
got this, but he still didn't understand it because later on when he's in prison, he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the one? Because again, he was like you and I. There's things that we sometimes think that, that Jesus should do. Jesus, you should do things this way. And our way is not his way. And, you know, John the Baptist, he's, he's like, man, Jesus is the son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the one. I saw the spirit descend upon him. And the Bible says he's going to set captives free, but I'm in prison. Did I not understand this correctly? Maybe he's not the one I'm thinking. He's the one. And, and, and he lets those doubts. Amen. You and I can do the same thing. There are some times that we can begin to doubt and everything. But in the end, what is it that, that, that keeps John situated? What is it that keeps the disciples situated? It is the testimony. I encountered Jesus. I saw. I heard. I experienced. Because that's what testifying is about. And I say that because it's because of their testifying their word, their testimonies, their sharing. That's what the, the gospels are. They are the sharing of a testimony. This is what we saw and experienced that we see and believe. Uh, even the two disciples in the passage of John, they, they heard John the Baptist testify, this is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God. And when they saw Jesus and they heard John say that, they believed John was a prophet. And when he said that, they believed that testimony and they followed Jesus. So now they're following Jesus. Why? Because they believed the testimony. So Jesus turns to them and says, well, what are you, what are you seeking? What do you want from me? What is it that you're after? And they're like, well, where are you staying? Because they just want to, they're like, if this is the Messiah, we want to see, we want to watch, we want to be with them. So they're like, well, where are you staying? Because they're really too afraid to ask him, are you the one? Can we follow you? Can we? They're too afraid to ask that. So they're just asking, where are you staying? Because they're going to continue to, quote unquote, stalk him down. But Jesus says to them, come and see. Come and see. You might as well just say more modern times, why don't you come experience this with me? Because it was an invitation. And when they went, one of them was Andrew's. Simon's brother, he gets called Cephas. It says when it's translated as a stone, but Cephas, when translated in English, is also Peter. And so, um, this one says Simon Peter's brother because everyone knew him as Peter. Um, Andrew goes and gets Peter. It says, We found the Messiah. How, how does he say that? Because they went and saw. They went and saw. What did they see? It doesn't say. But they went and saw and talked with Jesus and saw where he was staying. And something that they experienced in there made Andrew go get Peter and say, we found him. We found the Messiah. You've got to come see this. And that's why I started off this message with, you know, have you experienced the work of God firsthand? These podcasts are not, I'm not doing podcasts that are evangelistic for unbelievers because I just don't think unbelievers are going to really pay attention to these such high quality audio video components um there's nothing there to entertain them this is for believers who want to know more about the lord they want don't want to be challenged with their walks they want to be encouraged they, they want to hear from the lord uh, that's that's the point of these um i may do another series later that's a little bit more evangelistic but right now i'm, I'm focusing on you on, on you the believer for encouragement
And I want you to know that, you know, we're living in a world right now where people are lost. People are lost and they're looking for, for, for hope and they're looking for purpose. You see that every day. There's so much going on in our country with silly stuff that is getting really not so silly. But it's, it's because they're lost. They don't, there's no purpose. There's no hope. I don't like who I am. I feel so inadequate. I feel, and all these things that well up and, and there, and there's that search. And I want you to know that we cannot underestimate the power of our testimony. What has God done in us? Oh yes. There's so many different ways you can share your faith. And there's many people on YouTube that do things about, you know, you need to, you need to talk to them about sin and help them to understand their position and stuff. And while that's true. There are theological reasons on why that is true. But there's something about when God instructed us in his scripture, you notice that Jesus really didn't give them, do this method to convince them. He didn't really give that. But it was about what? Tell them about me. Tell them what you've seen. Tell them what you've heard. Tell them what you've experienced. Jesus does things that not possible. We go, that's not possible. How can the blind see? How can deaf hear? How can how can how can lepers suddenly be healed? You know, I, I speak to us as a church. We just came out of a pandemic. How many Christians believe that God could heal them and keep them from these things? Now I say that I got I got COVID. I got COVID twice. Um, God kept me in that and I'm not afraid of it. I wasn't afraid of exposing myself and I'm not afraid of it because my faith is in him. I tell people all the time, I'm not looking, I'm not suicidal. I don't want to be a martyr, but at the same time, I'm not going anywhere until God says I'm going somewhere. And I want to testify of the work of Jesus. We need to understand that it's important that we live out our lives for Jesus. We need to do that, but we can't forget the power of transformation is in that testimony. Even in Revelation, when the Antichrist shows up, it says what they overcame him. They overcome the devil. They overcome the Antichrist by what? You know, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of the testimony is what is God doing for you? What has God done for you? What is God, what, what, what power, what experience have you had with the Lord? Because when you have it, it can never be taken from you. It can never be taken from you. They can call you a liar. They can say it's not possible. They can they can say all these things, but it can never be taken from you. It is your testimony. And when that's that's the thing that when people hear, I, I'm fully convinced from my experience personally, but also even in witnessing, the people that I convince to come to church or to receive Jesus because I've given them an intellectual argument, they usually don't stay Christians. They may for a while, but eventually the things of the world, the walk, they don't, they don't stay following Jesus. But people that experience Jesus, people whose lives are transformed by the power of God, people that those people stay believers. They walk with the Lord. They've had this experience. That's, I think, the hard thing with your second and third generation Christians and families, even even pastors and missionary kids, are they experiencing the Lord for themselves 
Or is it just I'm listening to mom and dad speak? You know, it's just another story. And they're hearing stories from the world all the time. And it can be confusing. And no matter how godly a parent walks or doesn't walk, it comes down to are you experiencing the Lord? And our testimonies are powerful. I know ministries that are like, it's not what we speak, it's about how we live our lives. Um, listen, the, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Faith doesn't come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And it's funny because Jesus is the word. He created the universe by his words. It was the word. There's James says there's, the, there's power of life and death in the tongue. And the tongue produces words. God is taking something simple. Something so simple it's silly and stupid. Our spoken words. And he's putting power behind them. And we need to understand that, that those words, those what God has done, what I know about the Lord, what I've experienced, is, is powerful. Because basically that's what the Bible is. It is a written testimony of the Word, the Word of God. So I want to challenge you that we should be living testimonies. We should be telling people. Some of my best Christian growth in life came when I sat down and drank coffee with people and we just talked about what God was doing. And we opened up the scripture and we talked about what does this mean to me? What's God doing? It's powerful. It draws people to him. So I leave you with, do you know the reason for the hope that's in you? Are you willing to allow Jesus to speak through you to others? Are you prepared to have conversations about spiritual things, about spiritual realms, because there's so many people in need. I ask you to pray. I ask you to pray specifically, and I ask you to speak. Father, I thank you for today, God. I thank you that we've been able to look at your word, God, and we can see the power of the testimony, God, the Lord, that we should testify, God. We should speak of what it is you're doing in our lives, God. Father, I pray right now by your spirit, in the name of Jesus, that you would begin to fill these listeners with boldness, God. Boldness to speak, to tell people of their experiences with you, God. That, Lord, they would become hungry uh, to just share the goodness of you with others. And, Father, I pray that your spirit would go out and begin to draw those. Lord, there's so many people in this dark world that's lost. And they don't have no purpose. They have no hope, God. That they would hear that there is a God who's living. He's alive. He's actually doing something. That you're not make-believe. That you are real. And that, Father, that you will change them and transform them, God. For you are our Savior. And you're the one that brings salvation. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast today, Words for Life. We encourage you to check out our other podcast. Check out our ministry, our things about us. You can find that at christianimpact.net, N-E-T. And until next time, God bless.